Hey everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. Every episode we get together we talk about a sci-fi movie that we watched. This episode is actually another Patreon vote winner and this is actually two in a row and we do these monthly it's just that we left last month to the end of the month and then this one we're doing right away because this one is kind of ties into valentine's day so we had to try and get it out there as quickly as possible now admittedly uh-huh. it's only out in valentine's day for the patrons who get it a week early uh the public get this after valentine's day but you know it's well they voted for it so this is their valentine's day gift this is true that's true so we had four <laughs> romantic science fiction films up for vote and the winner was john carpenter's starman we will start spoiler free of course as we always do we'll give you a warning before we get into the spoilers in the middle uh but yeah we'll, we'll take it from there um so you hadn't seen this before right nope this was the first time watched yeah i'd seen this once before uh, uh a number of years ago uh, this is about uh, an alien who, who not even crash lands, just lands. Uh, it lands because Voyager 2 basically sent an invitation and lands on Earth, uh, becomes essentially, uh, t- takes on a humanoid form based on this dead dead husband uh, in the house that he kind of lands near, uh, which ha- who happens to be, you know, he passed away like a year ago, so Karen Allen, um, or Margot Kidder if you're asking Tara, uh, basically they're the same person <laughs> that was the first thing i thought see, see when you walked she, she, she appeared i was Me like too. i was like oh it's margo is that margo kidder <laughs> which of course i never actually thought i was just thinking that because tara for some reason can't tell them apart yeah they're close <laughs> so me thinking that amy adams and isla fisher were the same person for years i think has got far more merit to it than your mix-up with these two I no that I never got. I always thought that they looked so different and had different personality and I think I just I would never mix those two up. I think for the first while though, I didn't see either of them that often and they were spread far enough apart that every time I saw one I just assumed it was the the, the same one again. Um you know, because <laughs> eventually Amy Adams was a big actress, was in a lot of movies, like, you know, frequently. And at that point, I, okay, that's Amy Adams and it was very clear the other one wasn't Amy Adams, but anyway, so, basically, he takes the form of this dead husband, kind of kidnaps her because he has to get to a different state uh, in the US. They have to go cross-country drive so that he can get to the rendezvous point where his, um, you know, mothership or whatever you want to call it is going to pick him up. So, it's a road movie uh, and this poor woman has been taken for this ride with a man who looks like her dead husband but is actually an alien played by Jeff Bridges. So, that is the premise of Starman and... As much as I didn't say anything there about it, I, we did say it was a romance vote, so naturally there's going to be a little uh, romancing happening <laughs> as the movie goes on. Uh, so we'll get to that. Mostly in spo- <laughs> Mostly in spoilers, admittedly. Uh, but yes, so uh, Tara, what did you think of Starman? I thought it was fine. It was okay. Um, I think I was expecting to like this a lot more than I did. But it's not a bad movie. It's it's just uh it's just okay. Mm. Um, the romance is a little awkward, but it, it's not like they don't have chemistry. I think Margot Kidder gives a really great performance. <laughs> Karen Allen just uh, she's did it intentionally. I'm just I'm making sure the comments don't yell at us a hundred times. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think that um, 
I, I don't know. I don't. I, I like watching Jeff Bridges in the movie, but I think he might have been like a little too over the top with his trying to be an alien. Um, <laughs> that it was just like just over the line of goofy <laughs> at points. That's fair. That's fair. I uh, I like the movie a fair bit. Like, I, you know, it's not perfect. Um, as as you say, there's a bit of goofiness to uh, the performance, but I do find it oddly endearing. I, I think I kind of settle into it. Like it's all, like well, even watching it a second time now. Like at the start mm-hmm. of the movie, it's like, oh, this is a bit much to take. He's 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 really you know going for this. Uh, but by the time the heart of the movie kind of starts to kind of you know come in and the, the actual romance starts to p- play off, and um, I think one of yeah. my favorite things about the movie is that. He, you know, he doesn't. He only understands like basic, basic English. Like he doesn't have a grasp of the language, and he learns different right. phrases and words from her as the movie goes on. And he asks for definitions, and he, you know, uh, and I loved it towards the end of the film. And I thought this is a spot. So I'm gonna get specific here. I'm just gonna say that he, when he starts using phrases that you learned earlier, it's actually kind of touching. It's, there's a nice round arc there to it that I, I, I really like. Uh, it feels like um, it's, it's a bit of a part, yeah. part ourselves in the back movie about like you know, the value of humanity, despite all the dark parts of it, but um, as the fun... You know, I would compare this in a lot of ways uh, to the Philadelphia Experiment. And uh, I was thinking about that, yeah. yeah. Another Allen film. Another, yeah, Nancy <laughs> Allen film, yes. Uh, but, like, I think this is the much better of the two, because I think this one actually has the heart at the centre that, that works. And plus, it helps that Jeff Bridges is actually, you know... Maybe he's going a bit over the top here, but he's a, he is a good actor, versus... Blandy mm-hmm. McBlanderson, who had no charisma or personality from Philadelphia <laughs> yeah. Experiment. He was super bland. Yeah. Nancy Allen had to act like double time. <laughs> she really did. She really did. If anything, uh, Karen Allen here has a has an easy time of it. She could just, you know, like she could almost just coast. It's easy to follow for a young Jeff Bridges. Yeah, Jeff Bridges yeah. is putting all that Even if he is acting like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking of um Oh, who's the Full Metal Jacket guy in um in Men in Black? In Men in Black. Yeah. Oh, uh, the villain. You mean uh, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Yeah, there Vincent you go. D'Onofrio. Yeah, because Vincent D'Onofrio is an alien who's in the shell of a human and trying to act human but he doesn't quite fit in the skin right and the way he moves around and stuff but that's played for comedy and it's probably the funniest thing ever put on film but... <laughs> i don't know if i agree with that but continue oh it's up there <laughs> all those scenes of it's a d'onofrio trying to be a human like in a van and like punching the steering wheel on accident because it can't get his movement right oh my god it's so funny we should have watched that instead i've done men in black oh. already Oh yeah. <laughs> it's not even been a full year yet, woman. You're already forgetting the movies we've done. <laughs> well, in any case, I think uh, I was sort of reminded of that while watching Jeff Bridges trying to play a human, and uh, it was—I uh, don't know—maybe that part also made it seem a bit goofier. Because yeah. we'd watched that one already. Maybe. I, I don't know. He's more likable. Because, I mean, in Men in Black, he's, it's better oh, to be, yeah. be this disgusting funny, right? Whereas here, it's more yeah. kind of charming funny. Uh, where, you know, 
Like, at first he's, okay, maybe he's sinister. He has these, like, balls, these metal balls. Uh, <laughs> don't take this out of context, people. Uh, he has these metal balls that have, like, alien powers. He didn't, like, literally go through puberty and drop his balls, though. <laughs> he does drop his balls, yes, at the start of the movie. That's true. Uh, but, you know, so it's like, oh, he could be quite sinister, potentially. But, you know, eventually when he starts asking questions about certain things, you see that he just doesn't understand, like, why humans do yeah. this or that. And it actually becomes very endearing because it almost you almost start to feel guilty about, like, the way we are. It's like, oh, I mean, it's actually kind of sad that he, you know, like, has to ask that question and we have to try and explain to him why we do this or why we do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of it's just kind of funny, you know, like, you know, uh, no, you eat the dessert first. And he's like, Why? Just, just cause that's how it's done <laughs> we don't have an answer <laughs> uh, um, I mean to, uh, in, in the defense of it I do actually think there is a reason for it but like she doesn't know it so it's fine <laughs> uh, yeah it's just, I mean sweet stuff they just... order like chocolate malts and apple pie and uh, burgers and fries like the whole food everything's dessert like it's Pretty all much. chunks of food very <laughs> much yeah i will i i think um as someone who has a bit of a sweet tooth and always has um i always have it after I eat proper food like you know so dessert i think naturally yeah. comes afterwards because i think most anyone who does have a sweet tooth tends to like it after they've eaten something else uh, i always want it after i eat onions onions make me want to have a sweet like a sweet thing after i have to tell that onion yeah, to balance out the stench of onion in your mouth. Maybe. <laughs> I can see that. There's such a, I mean, especially if they're raw, they have like a really strong flavor to them. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why. But I always want, onions always give me the, the sweet tooth that I can't escape. Hmm. But yeah, so I like Jeff Bridges. I like Karen Allen. I like the music. I like the main themes. Uh, a classic. Are you disappointed that it wasn't um, Carpenter doing the music? I mean, when I saw the name, I was like, oh, it's not Carpenter. But yeah. honestly, the main theme sounds kind of Carpenter-esque anyway. So a little bit. I was thinking that too. Yeah, so it's almost like he didn't have time. So he's like, hey, just, you know, do something that sounds like I did it. And just go with it. <laughs> or like, I have an idea. We can use this, but like expand on it. <laughs> Make yeah, it yours. It wouldn't surprise me if you walked out of the room with the, edit, uh, the music composer and said, okay, I've got this tune in my head. Play it in the keyboard quickly. said, okay, use that and do whatever you want with it and just walk back out. Yeah. Uh, it's really not i mean i don't know a lot of carpenter films but this is like the least carpenter film i've ever seen oh yeah this is because it's not a horror movie it's not a thriller it's not a tense you know film there's like there's like one three second scene where i'm like this is borderline carpenter and then like no nothing else I think he just wanted to do something different, and I think he pulls off a reasonable job because I, I think this works much better in the Philadelphia experiments we said, where well, that was time travelers and and whatnot. The idea of the road trip and like the the sort of people who don't you know the, the man the women don't know each other kind of you know bonding and becoming something. Yeah, the fish out of water. Yeah, fish out of water is there as well. Uh, even more extreme in this one. Um, There's also a lot of similarities to ET. Sure, and that you know this came after ET, of course. So I mean that that. that probably isn't an accident yeah uh yeah i don't think so whereas philadelphia experiment i think any any parallels are completely coincidence i would imagine if anything it was philadelphia experiment that probably stole from this well when did that come out let me look it up i can't remember they were close they were within a couple of years of each other i'm sure uh 
because this is 1984. I'm fairly certain Philadelphia Experiment was a little bit later. But I, I, maybe I'm misremembering this. Um, so, no, I, I, I like the film quite a bit. I think it's got a lot of heart. I, I think it does have faults. It's definitely not Carpenter's best, but at any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I do like it more than some of the other ones that people do. It's the same year, 84. The same year? Okay. So, yeah, a, any parallels, I have to imagine, are completely coincidental. Yeah, I think it's I think it's okay. Like I, I certainly wasn't bored watching it or anything like that. And the chemistry works a lot better. I couldn't help but compare it to the other films that we were talking about. And um, I just, uh, I don't know. I just didn't like. I I see what they're going for, but like I didn't get a lot of the, I didn't get a lot of emotional mm. reaction to any of it. Um, it was like, oh, I hope they make it, you know, and there was a couple of good scenes and um, a lot of the, I think the villain is just terrible, to be honest. The what? <laughs> Mr. Bob Evil. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, guy. he's he's <laughs> barely in it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's just like super cliche. Um, yeah, he's got like four scenes, and he's just there to yell at the other dude who's uh, who's more yeah, sympathetic. Yeah, like I represent the worst of humanity. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it, that that part is what it is. I, I you know, I think uh, it, it it works enough for me where you know those moments where she has to decide for the first time to actually choose to go with them rather than be there because she's been kind of taken by force. Um, yeah. e- even though from- I believe her, like I, I believe her motivations and stuff, and oh, sure. you know, it would be co- very conflicting to, you know, be kidnapped by someone who is taken on the form of your ex-husband that you're still grieving over, or your, or your ex-husband, your your dead husband that you're still mourning for. Yeah, well, I'm sure if the husband was still alive, she would assume it was just him and wonder why he was acting yeah. so weird. So the fact that he's dead is really important, I think, for her to believe that this is some sort of alien entity. Uh, yeah. That that and the various power sort of moments that he shows. But I, I think, you know, like when he becomes sympathetic and... Uh, I mean, we'll get into the spoilers, kind of the, the actual beats of it, but like there's a point mm-hmm. where she kind of sees him as more innocent and then sees him as someone who needs help rather than someone who's taken... You know, because... Uh, when he does take her, he kind of like says, "Take me here," but he, he never actually threatens her or anything like that. She, she, no, she. He's t- just limited on the amount of words that he knows. <laughs> yeah, so she, she, she takes what he's saying as threatening, but he's not actually saying that he'll hurt her or anything like that. He's not saying, "I demand you do this." He's just saying, "Drive here," and just yeah, takes her. <laughs> so it's, uh, and she's just scared. So. Uh, yeah, uh, and there is obviously the murkiness of like, okay, this is a romance story where the the male in the, the relationship is the body of her dead husband. There is definitely a kind of a weird thing there. Like, on the one hand, you're like, okay, well, she gets to kind of have this, like, almost last goodbye with her dead husband, in a weird, even though it's not really him. Uh, mm-hmm. But she's also fallen for this new being who's looking like her dead husband. There's definitely a weird confliction there. Um, yeah. You know, imagine you're in love with someone and then they die and then you meet someone who looks exactly like them. Like... I almost feel like that would be like a negative. You'd be like, "No, nah, this is too weird." <laughs> like, you, yeah, or um, like the uh, Black Mirror episode where um, the woman's grieving her dead Donald Gleason, and then he just shows up as a robot. Mm, yeah, where there's like there's no closure. There can't be closure so long as there's something always there reminding you of them. Yeah. Um, and again, it's it's not like malice in his part. He, you know, he, the whole reason why he takes the the human form is so he doesn't freak people out. He wants them to feel comfortable around him. 
so again, the intention is very good. Like everything he does is is well intentioned. Because there's definitely some moments that could come across as creepy if this was like someone who knew what they were doing. But mm-hmm. everything's innocent. Everything's this pure naive, you know, naive, naivety. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but like everything that he does that could be creepy in any other context come across as like no, it's like a child who doesn't understand. The, yeah, very much. What so. this is. Uh, so you're you're always kind of like thinking, oh, this is kind of sweet. <laughs> like it's, it never comes across as anything other than that once you get to know him. Uh, and right, and you can so. see how things are misinterpreted. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It never comes off as malicious or like you're in fear of uh, her safety or anything like that. Yeah. If anything, well, that's one moment. There's a, there is a moment with a gun where you're just like, well, maybe he just doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I, th- I think we we get there, or at least we suspect that he's completely safe before she does. Um, but mm-hmm. and there's like a fun element to like watching her freak out, thinking that she's in this much danger. But she, we know she's not. Uh, and she's doing all these things to try and like you know tell people she's been kidnapped and like it's all kind of futile because we we know it's not mm-hmm. a big deal uh, and of course eventually that comes around and bites her because people are you know police are looking for them and stuff and you know, the great chase kind of ensues so uh, I mean that's basically Starman uh, in terms of the spoiler free stuff um, so I guess we'll give the spoiler warning but before we go to spoilers I will thank our Patreon producers for the month. Uh, so thank you to David Short, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess uh, for being our patron producers. That means they are pa- patrons at the $20 tier and up. But you don't have to support us at that tier, do they, Tara? No. you. Um, if you like what we do and you want to support us and support the channel and get bonus content, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash TV and donating as low as $1 per month will get you bonus episodes of the ace you can get bonus episodes of various b movies and some theatrical release movies um so yeah check it out so what did you feel about the effects because the movie the movie starts off with this like sort of pov shot of like well actually that's that's a lie it starts off with like an explanation of voyager 2 leaving earth and get mm-hmm. into the solar system and beyond um if anything if, if anything the fact that i know voyager 2 only just left our solar system <laughs> recently almost kind of like makes this movie feel a little bit silly uh, i kept thinking so is it neptune or <laughs> yeah that it's going into i, I guess i guess you'd argue the ship was just passing by and like picked up the signal and went to, went to the satellite or the maybe the, a wormhole Maybe a wormhole. There you go. That's something it could be. Uh, but it's, it's what's funny is all I could think during this, and you'll you'll like this part. Is all I was thinking, really. Okay, so this is before it comes back as V'ger. This is like. Now this, we about that too. This is a prequel <laughs> to Star Trek: The Motion Picture, uh, before it becomes sentient. Exciting yeah. stuff. Uh, but you know, so we get this this POV shot after like the, the crash landing, as it were, uh, of the ship, and it's like it's like we're almost inside one of those balls as it's like flying around and it's looking mm-hmm. at the, the the home movies of the dead husband and it's looking at the various things and it sees a photo of him and i actually kind of giggled and not in a bad way just in like sort of fun like oh this is kind of old school uh like the little hologram of like jeff bridges head that comes up out the page mm-hmm. as it's sort of like analyzing what it looks like and then it finds like that creepy thing that some people do where they've got like hair from their children clipped in a photo book <laughs> Which is just creepy. Keeping hair is weird. Don't do it. Uh, 
And especially don't keep your son's foreskin if you got him circumcised. That's just... Oh, oh. people do that? That was, I think it was in the second Meet the Parents movie, and I don't know if... Like, I assumed it was based on something, but... I, that can't be real. It's disgusting if it is. Uh, don't do it. Uh, don't there do are it. women who, like, eat their placenta oh, after the child has been born. And it's loaded with nutrients, oh, and they'll, like, freeze-dry it and, like, just take it in capsule form. Oh or my... like people stew it up. <laughs> God, humans, we're fucking weird. I'm not supposed to swear. <laughs> oh, I would. I would. I would rather eat a lot of things more than eat that. Like a lot of things. Oh, <laughs> uh, yep. Oh, oh. What have you done to me? Stop it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not for it. Oh, <laughs> oh. I don't even eat cows. <laughs> or chicken or fish. I'm not going to eat human placenta. Okay, here's a question. So someone slaps a burger in front of you, like a, a proper burger, right? And then the other plate, they, they, they slap some placenta, right? From some donor. Who has consented to giving you the placenta? So you're choosing between consent-given placenta <laughs> or burger from a cow that had no say in its demise. Are you taking the hit and eating the cow burger? <laughs> no. If you're forced to eat one, obviously I'm not saying you can just walk out. I'm saying if you're forced, yeah. You know. Of course, yeah. If this is the either or, yeah, yeah I'm gonna. Uh, I'd have to go with the consent. The consent, the one that had no cruelty involved. No, that's my ethics. No, no, you can you can let mm, your ethics that. you can let you can let <laughs> your ethics slip for like a minute just to get out of this situation. Would you eat cow placenta? Look, I just gave up beef, right? So you don't get to give me the guilt trip, right? The beef. What are you giving me? <laughs> this I... ultimatum for two impossible things. What do you mean two impossible things? That the burger is not impossible. You can get no a burger. No one's right going to feed me placenta burger. <laughs> Hold a gun to my head and say, "Choose, <laughs> choose or die." <laughs> the point I was trying to make is that there's some things so disgusting that you would rather just cheat being a vegan for like a minute, just instead of eating the disgusting thing. No, I'm a good person. No, you have a lane. There is a lane, and you know there's a lane. We can find that lane if we try. We don't have time today, but we could find that lane as possible. I don't like where this is going. I mean, okay. In survival situations, I don't think that's... Those are just hypotheticals. Like... No. Okay. I don't, I don't like those questions. Alright, alright, alright. But right. I'm gonna stick to my ethics as long as I can. You know. You're the one who brought placenta. This is on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. You brought placenta to the table. Mm, I don't think that was me. It was you. <laughs> that doesn't sound like me. We haven't even talked. We haven't talked about babies and pregnancies yet, and you're already at placenta. So I'm scared to think what you're going to bring up when we actually get there. God, peanut butter and placenta. All right. Uh... Yum yum. <laughs> oh, now you bring your catchphrase back. Now's the time to bring that back. <laughs> Okay, let's, uh, let's continue. So we get a strand of hair. He takes the DNA from the hair. I say he. I mean, there might not even be a gender in this equation. Like, you know, it's a being of I don't know 
you know species of the planet and mm-hmm. uh you know essentially becomes a baby you know so karen allen wakes up after drunkenly watching home movies of a dead husband which is what everything was which is exactly what people in movies do when they've got a dead loved one is they watch home movies of the dead loved one that's how we know well the wine part seemed real well, because it, it reminded me of Time Cop. Remember in Time Cop when he's watching the home movie about building the house or whatever it is? Is it, is it, is it a crib? These home videos look a lot more real than those did. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, but that was the future, so that was like... Mm, that's true. Yeah, so... But she comes out of the living room and it's like a baby. And then it grows really quickly. And then, you know, it's like adolescent size and it grows yeah, and it you, grows you're asking me about the effects i really like the effect of the baby growing into like a a kid and then that's starting to grow but then it cuts to like a head thing where the head's like expanding and that doesn't hold up but the other like the baby growing stuff did i liked it yeah that was the uh, oh a little bit carpenter here and of course uh karen allen uh, faints when she sees uh, eventually turn around and it's her dead husband who's just you know went through the entire life cycle mm-hmm. <laughs> of a human being in front of her eyes uh, and what I love is she she, th- she wakes up later and thinks that she's just you know oh she had a weird dream you know why wouldn't she think yeah. that that's a pretty she's bizarre thing to see sitting in a corner of her living room and, on the floor like oh I, I must have had an intense dream that caused me to sleepwalk and fall asleep again over here <laughs> and she walks around the corner and outside the window is just naked jeff bridges sort of holding like a sort of uh like buddha pose and his hair's all sticking up and it's like light coming mm-hmm. from these balls that he's got <laughs> and he's just got this little weird grin in his face as he's like communicating i think with the mothership <laughs> or whatever he's doing yeah, so he has these like metal marble things mm-hmm. that glow, and they seem to be like whatever he needs them to be. They're, and they're tools, seemingly. Like they can. Yeah, but they do like different things. Like they do whatever they want, whatever well, he needs them to do. I assumed there was a different one for each thing we see. So, because he's got like a handful of them. Yeah. So I assumed there was yeah. like a healing one, uh, turn things on fire one. <laughs> that that was that was the main two we, we saw. Okay, I thought they were just all the same, and it's just like whatever he needs them to do, so long as they're capable of doing that thing, he can do it. But it's just a one-time use. Well, they look they look the same to to. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe right, maybe they are one-time use, but they look the same to us. But maybe he can tell the difference. Um. Because he can also tap electronic devices. He can tap TVs to change the channel and mm-hmm. stuff. So maybe the way he communicates with these balls is kind of through that, the way that he can control other electrical devices. Mm-hmm. So he just yeah, knows well, what they he are. He definitely like holds on to one and like delivers the message about how, you know, we thought this place was friendly, but they're hostile. Because he, he didn't crash. He was shot down like the yes. second he entered the atmosphere. And as the scientist did points out later, uh, we actually kind of invited them and yeah. immediately shot them down as soon as he arrived. And then I've been chasing them and trying to put them on a an autopsy table <laughs> as quickly as possible. Uh, dear. Uh, yes. Uh, so basically she wakes up, gets scared, grabs a gun. He kind of like takes the gun from her and it's a whole thing. Uh, you know what I just realized? Mm. Voyager 2, with the gold record, it's not really a representation of humanity. It's more what we wished humanity was. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a Facebook p- 
profile or like an Instagram version of us. Like, yeah. oh, isn't our life perfect? Aww. And that's uh, Tara's yeah. Instagram photo, uh, her, her display <laughs> photo there that was on screen. Um, so pathetic. <laughs> that always works out. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. This is our, this is our profile of, <laughs> of Earth and not really what Earth is. Oh damn it! Oh, so it's we're having a freezing night tonight. What's going on here? Uh, no, it's been a while. What what, while. what what trick do you use to stop it from doing that? Um, is it is it, is it not working today? Doing it now. We'll see. Okay, so um, yeah, so they go start the road trip, and he sort of brings up a map and says, "I need to get here." And she, there's no labels or anything, and it's kind of like not. Ex- it's like it looks like the U.S., but it's not like laid out the same way. So she kind of has to roughly gauge that it's maybe Arizona that he's trying to go to. Uh, so it starts <coughs> pardon me it starts this trip and very quickly the army show up and the scientists are like hey this thing's hollow it's a ship oh something's going on let's flag any weird circumstances that pop up um, and it's from here you know we really get to the meat of the movie which is Jeff Bridges kind of learning things about humanity and uh, you know learning to understand certain things and sometimes it was just some really funny moments there's a great bit later on where he's driving because he's like you know he's claimed that he's observed her do it so he knows how to do it now and he speeds up at a yellow right light even though this giant truck filled with like hay is coming towards the intersection <laughs> and he just misses it just barely and she's like what the hell are you doing i thought you said you could do this you watched me do it and he's like yes i did watch you do it uh green means go red means stop yellow means go faster <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. that, and that was a funny line because it was more of a critique of her driving <laughs> that he's picked yeah. up this really bad habit <laughs> you can tell she's kind of like she's not embarrassed but she's like oh, you weren't supposed to pick that part up <laughs> <laughs> it's almost, he's, he's, he's an alien from another world who's just learned to drive and he's already criticizing my driving <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you know so those are funny bits and I'm, I have to assume that you loved the, the deer scene of course. Because Tara's vegan heart, I'm sure, was spoken to. Now, admittedly, <laughs> it's kind of ruined by the fact that they go into the restaurant and get, like, eggs and cheeseburgers yeah. and <laughs> milkshakes. Oh, I, think I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed. And uh, cream on <laughs> apple pie or whatever it was. Um, I did like the idea of him eating for the first time, though, and just kind of being like, uh-huh. Because he's never eaten before. And it's like this new yeah. sensation for him. He's like... This is, this is something. <laughs> what is this? Explain. Yeah, when he, he eats a Dutch apple pie and like kind of just freezes in his O face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but actually, so they come across this deer that's like, it's a dead deer. It's strapped to the back of this guy's truck. This, you know, this hunter's brought it in. And mm-hmm. he's confused. He's like, why is it not moving? And the guy gives him some cheek and sort of makes fun of him for not understanding, you know, thinking he's foreign. And, you know, he, he's not really happy about the fact that the deer's not well. And it's later on, and this is a big pivotal moment in the movie because this is the uh, the scene where Karen Allen, at this point, she's kind of come to accept that he's, he's non-malicious and she's kind of come to sympathize with him, but she's still mm-hmm. going to make a run for it. She's still going to, she's going to make sure that he has a car and a map and sort of let him go on the trip on his own, like actually give him her car so he can go. But she's still going to run for the bus and leave because she thinks it's, you know, maybe not too dangerous for her or whatever. And Yeah, but she but she has some sympathy. Yeah. You know, for his plight to get home. But she she makes this big choice in this scene because he, he goes out and heals a deer 
and she goes out and catches them and it actually fixes the deer and the deal's okay deer's okay and it, it runs off into the, the forest mm-hmm. and the guy comes up and he wants to pick a fight and his buddies grab him and they all start beating him up and she pulls out her gun which is also a plot point because we find out that she doesn't like guns she doesn't like using guns and she so the fact that she does this for him to save him is kind of a big deal uh, for yeah. her character and then you know like the, the the waitress who she was going to like have pass on the stuff to him so he could go on his own says do you want me to hold that bus for you and she says no nah, it's okay and takes her stuff back she makes a conscious choice and i think that's one of the big moments of the movie about halfway through where like this is the sort of moment this movie has to kind of like almost rest itself on is do i buy when she makes that choice do i buy that she's making the choice to stay with him and do i care that she's made that choice and I think yeah. I do. And I, I, I think I do too. Yeah, I, I think I care that she's made that choice. And you feel like, okay, she's with him fully now and they can go. But obviously there's moments before that because when she first tries to run and this guy like tries to come up to him with a crowbar, he just like melts the crowbar and like sets something on fire and they run off. And Does he use one of the balls? He uses one of the so. balls, yeah. Oh, he does, okay. Yeah, I think he holds one up and yeah, it, it burns out of his hand. Uh, which is what gets the authorities on... on you know their path because that's kind yeah, of weird. Yeah, there's a there's a guy from SETI who is on his um, on his tail, and he asks like just to listen to a police scanner so that anything that comes up as bizarre or weird or out of the ordinary that he'd be informed of because that's what he's looking for. Yeah, and she you know she pulls some more subtle tactics rather than yelling kidnap kidnap. We're going to go to the gas station, and she puts a note up in the bathroom saying kidnapped you know i'm in this car going this way please call for help kind of thing mm-hmm. uh and there's, there's some fish out of water humor here where he like tries to go in the woman's bathroom and she has to explain to him no 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 no, i go in here you go in that one uh and there's like a weird joke here where like, this this like you know dude with a mustache is kind of like ah having a wait on the woman eh ah yes i can relate to that uh and he just says gas because that's all he's heard about why they're stopping here because they need gas and she's like, oh, I can relate to that. And he kind of goes in. <laughs> uh, but then he, he follows him into the bathroom and he, like, a, there's like a sort of like weird gay joke here where the guy's like, oh, there's always one. And, you know, flips him off, which is how he learns yeah. how to flip people Trucker off. Trucker humor. I, I guess. I mean... <laughs> Truck stop humor. Truck stop humor, yes. It's a whole genre of humor. Uh, actually, speaking of places to stop, uh, the, the diner they're in t- towards the end when they get the uh, the cherry pie. Um, uh-huh. but you know when they meet up with the scientist did um, d- did you notice the shape of that building no it was actually shaped like the top of like a chicken or something like that or a turkey it was like a it was like a dome but it had like a red sort of spiky bit as if it was the hair of the the cockerel or whatever it, <laughs> oh I thought wasn't it like a like an Indian reservation design or something Oh, I thought it was meant to be animal designed. <laughs> oh, I thought no, I thought I saw like a like a teepee and stuff. Like they were. Maybe you're right. So in Arizona, so that is like a a thing there. It was just it was a really like elaborate looking building for what was essentially a a diner on a highway. <laughs> oh, I thought they were going for like a Native American. <laughs> it may, I mean, maybe it was. Maybe maybe it was. And I just didn't recognize it. But I, because it was white and red, it just it looked like they were going for some sort of animal oh, maybe. theme. Maybe um, maybe I didn't notice it. No, yeah. I did think it was odd that they would stop for pie 
when they were so close but yeah because they've got a time limit they had like three days to get to this location because this is where the ship's coming to pick him up and if he doesn't make it you'll die they do establish when they get into that diner though they're like how far are we from this this crater like oh it's like six minutes like okay we have time for pie yeah he wants to have one last pie before he goes before you go yeah uh so anyway so so we have these these beats that play all out play out and then eventually she sticks with him uh, uh but there's that moment in the car where he kind of holds the gun at her and she's like oh look if you want to kill me just kill me because I, I i don't want to be scared all the time and he saw you know he holds up the gun as if you know maybe he is going to shoot her and yeah there is a moment there i mean you don't really think he's gonna blow her brains out but there is a moment where you're just like well maybe he doesn't know what she's asking like he's taking this literal because it's after he's asked what the definition of kidnapped is because he pulls out the note and he says what is kidnapped he doesn't understand it uh and he just he empties the gun and says he means no harm and you know that obviously puts her at rest you know a little bit more than she was uh but you know it comes that's actually i think the first time where the main theme kind of kicks in it's the moment he lets the clip fall out Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of like okay so this is the start of kind of the the, the for- forming of the trust I suppose if you will uh, the first you know spark of it and yeah so after she does kind of decide to stick with him um, you know and there's a lot there's a lot of dialogue about you know where he's from and like him asking her questions about how she met her husband and their honeymoon and why he wears red and what one of my favorite lines actually early on is when you know, she says she's uh, a little bit jumpy, and mm-hmm. yeah, 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 he's like, "Okay, what does what, what do you mean, little bit jumpy?" And she's like, "Okay, so this means a little." Just she's a little, you know, finger sign, and then she says, "And jumpy means, you know, uh, tense or scared or you know, uh, afraid." And I said later in the same scene, she says, "Why do you look like I think Scott's the the, the dead husband's name?" And he says, "To make you not a little bit jumpy," and it's actually. It's such a genuine response. It's, it feels really sweet because he's just used the exact words that she's taught him and put it back in those terms. And I thought that really worked. Cause, uh, uh, it's consistent throughout the whole film, too. Yeah, cause why am I well, fa- he only really uses phrases that he's learned while, hmm. during these three days on Earth. And it never comes out. I don't, it obviously, there's a couple of times where it's played for laughs because you'll say the gas line or you'll say something else or flip someone off. Yeah. And do you know what? The flipping him off, do you know what that is oddly very similar to? the Mr. Bean movie of all things because yeah. Mr. Mr. Bean in that movie learns to flip people off and he thinks it's like a nice thing so there's a scene at the end where he's just going like this to everyone thinking it's like a greeting <laughs> uh, because Mr. Bean's a silly character and just what, what he is uh, that, movie, that, movie's un- that movie's underrated obviously. I mean I'm not going to stick off for any of the later movies but that first movie where he, he's at the art gallery with the dude from Ghostbusters 2 that movie's underrated <laughs> so uh like but one of my favorite ones actually is that you know i think it's when they're at the first diner and he asks uh what beautiful means you know and also what love means at one point and she explains that it's mm-hmm. us when so you care about someone more than yourself and when they die it, you know it's, you know i liked her performance really selling how hard it was for her to be in this situation yeah but, she's always like so glassed eye like she's about to cry or or she's She's like right on the brink of it, and like I, I don't know, I, re- I really like bought her for performance also that she was really yeah emotional in, in scenes where she was you I know, think trying to portray it. The direction solid, and obviously John Carpenter, you know, probably it guided their their performances a lot, and I I trust him as a filmmaker because why wouldn't I? Because he's made a lot of great movies. Um, yeah, you know, obviously he went downhill after this sometime later, but that you know that hadn't happened yet. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, I think. 
I think for the most part, the direction is pretty good. I, the movie is always entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think the villain is just dumb. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's not he's, a good villain. He's there because he's the villain. He's not really a full character of himself. But what I was going to say... It is a very unusual John Carpenter movie. Oh, yeah. What just was, for him. What I was going to say, though, is that you know the movie, like if these two performances don't work... If the, like the entire movie falls apart and none of it works, mm-hmm. like you have to buy their bonding, you have to buy her. I like, do. I, I turmoil. buy their bonding. I I don't. I don't love Jeff Bridges in it though. I don't I, know. Like I say, I think he grows on me as the movie goes on. I think I'm a bit weirded by him at first, but as the movie goes on, I get used to the way he talks, and I'm kind of into it. his bird movements. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Like it's okay. I I think if you had a different performance like or a different actor who's just a bit a bit less toned it down a little bit more i might have liked it i heard that um both um kevin bacon was offered the role Hmm. and then tom cruise was in talks to do it but then he did legend with ridley scott instead it was in the imdb trivia what is wrong jenny hayden he always said her full name. That was that was the other thing he did. He always said her full name. Uh, but yeah, the, the big, big one I was getting to though is that uh, he learns the word beautiful, and she sort of describes it's better than terrific. It's just more than that. It's you know it's a steep thing. Better than Dutch apple pie. And he's like, what? <laughs> Nothing's better than Dutch apple pie. He and he discovers what's better than Dutch apple pie later in the movie when things get a bit raunchy. But <clears throat> it's a family show. No, it's not. <laughs> No, it's not. Uh, also, also for the record, I don't even I don't like apple pie. So I mean, everything's better than apple pie to me. But it's neither. How do you not there. like apple pie? I don't it's like, like apple not pie. like eating peanut butter and jelly. It's the most neutral of pies. I I love apples. I do not like apple pie. That's so weird. It, that's so mushy. I don't like how mushy they are. App, a, apples have a nice crunch Come to on. them. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Like, just accept. I like apple pie. Uh, I have apple pie for breakfast. I've decided. <laughs> in protest, I'm gonna eat it. Is it's it gonna a, be delicious. Is it a dessert? <laughs> uh, what is with coffee? It's breakfast. This is such an American thing. Do you know what? I would. The one thing I'd love about being American is that it's acceptable to have donuts for breakfast. That that because mm-hmm. here, no, no, it's not acceptable. Donuts are a dessert. Donuts are something you have as a treat because they're fatty and sugary. It's paired with coffee. It's now a pastry, a breakfast pastry with coffee. Yeah, I had a donut today actually. I was, I took a hanker for a donut, so I got one donut. I got one just sugar donut, nothing fancy, no, ex, you know, extravagant icing, and I won't feel too bad about it. But I had a donut, and it was like the I ne- had one a few days ago. It was the it was nectar of the gods. That's what it felt because it'd been a whale, and I was like, oh my god, this sugar hit. Do you get yes. maple donut where you are? I can probably. I think I can try. Well, there's a Timothy Hortons nearby, so I feel like I could probably go in there and get it. You have Tim Hortons? Oh, we have a Tim Hortons. Oh, I thought that was just a Canadian thing. I think it was for a while, but the one opened a couple of years ago, so it's there. Well, maple donut is king. They're opening a Taco Bell, but I've given up cheese and I just gave up beef, so it's basically written off anything I could probably get from Taco Bell. (laughs) I mean, beans. (laughs) <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll walk I, I order from Taco Bell all the time. I don't eat cheese or beef. <laughs> hey, what's the point? It's one of the safest places I can go to. That's, I've never been. You gotta, you gotta check it out. Just get I've, beans. I've never been the tacos. I've never been the Tim Hortons either. I hear the desserts are great. Um, you gotta get a maple donut from Tim Hortons. This is bad. I'm, I'm seriously considering going to Tim Hortons the next couple of days and getting. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get myself a Valentine's treat. I'll go to Tim Hortons and get myself a nice. <laughs> 
big donut or cake or something. I don't know. Uh, Go for it. You deserve it. Thank you. I, I do deserve it. You're right. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not gonna give we? myself for Valentine's Day. Maybe some cute shoes. That'd be good. You deserve it, Tara. Thanks. I already ordered them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, where are we? So yes, anyway, I'll, I'll finally get to what the, the word "beautiful" comes back because I was I'll try to get to what this, when the word "beautiful" comes back, and it's amazing. So, well, you were thinking about beautiful donuts. <laughs> I was. Donuts are great. What's not to love about donuts? They're soft. They're fluffy. Get back to it. <laughs> Poor Storm, I never got to try a donut. So yes, the word beautiful pops back in towards the end of the movie when they're at the diner and the scientist man catches up with them. And he comes in and he's a bit hesitant because he sees the autopsy room at one point and he, when he's talking about the Voyager, you know, the Voyager 2, I almost said Voyager 2. <laughs> I'm Star Trek. Uh, and he, you know, he, he, he clearly looks guilty. He's like, we invited him. We shot him down. We're going to do these bad things to him. He's clearly conflicted and doesn't want to follow the orders that the, the general or whoever it is, has given him. And he comes to talk to him and he wants to ask, because he's a scientist, right? He's, you know, he's someone who wants to ask questions. Mm-hmm. He wants to know about his his life and who he is and blah 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 blah, and he says that. And at this point, Jeff Bridges is starting to get kind of weak. You know, he's starting to kind of die. So we were getting to that expert, and you get the impression that this body they made for himself was you know had a limit, right? It was only going to yeah. last so long, and it's starting yeah. to deteriorate. Because she wants him to stay. Of course she does, and then she wants to go. We skipped with him. over the part where they like. I'm going to go back to that. I'm going to go back to that. Right. I just I wanted to mention the beautiful thing, because. He's he's talking about this place and how you know it's so primitive because that's the sort of running things throughout it is he keeps talking about how primitive things are you know mm-hmm. oh I understand procreation as 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 you understand it in this time is like what do you mean in this what are you talking about it's like and, you know, he he was because you know, even the scientist says that oh like this technology he's got it's like a hundred thousand years in the future of, of what we where we are we we are so far behind the civilization whoever they are and he uh, but he says would well, you want to know what's beautiful about the people here and i really like this because obviously i like the thing he says but i just i like that he used that word because again Mm -hmm. it was one this was one that really hit me he also says do you want to know what's beautiful about you and it's almost like a personal thing for him yeah just because of the way it's it's phrased but he knows what he what he means he's talking about mankind but like there's something like really i don't know when someone says that to you like it would it's hard not to take it personal. Mm. So, and he says, you're at your best whenever things are worst, right? Or something to that effect, right? The humanity, the, the best in humanity comes out when things are at their worst. Uh, and is this kind of, you know, and it's, it's almost like a sad statement in a way because like we, we always get into ourselves into jams. We, yeah, we can we can figure things out at the brink of danger, but we're terrible for actually predicting the, the danger in advance and Tara's making a face because that can relate to so many things. Uh, but, you know, like... I'm still waiting for us to be our best. <laughs> but, you know, it's a nice sentiment. Uh, it's, it's not a, it's an original idea for the alien to sort of have that opinion of, you know, of Earthlings and you know, it's just mm-hmm. the sort of thing that Superman kind of like will make a speech about every once in a while because that's what he does. Um, sure. Also ju- an alien. Also an alien. Very true. Sci-fi movie. Uh, technically, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Uh, what was funny, actually, see when uh, Guardians of the Galaxy came out and I really liked that movie and the t- second one was coming 
Uh, I remember joking they don't have to make a, a movie about his dad because Starman's clearly the prequel to, to Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking um, if I would want to see it, the sequel to this after <laughs> they set it up and they went, wait, it's just Guardians, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Peter Quill <laughs> as the baby. Done. <laughs> the time, the timeline probably even works out. I, I, I bet Chris Pratt's probably <laughs> around this year around 84 yeah mid 80s seems about right <laughs> maybe a little bit older i don't know but like that seems about right <laughs> perfect it's done just just retcon it into the marvel universe love it <laughs> and then get karen allen in for a cameo hey she's still around she is she could have she could have played that uh the dying mother at the start of the first movie not margot kidder though not margot kidder unfortunately she passed away um and as we know, Tara gets them confused. Is it easier now that one's dead? Um, I, I suppose. <laughs> if Karen Allen shows up, you're going to be worried. Like, oh, I wonder which one this is. I still is. thought it was Margot Kidder in um, The Crystal Skull. <laughs> well, to be fair, she was still alive there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she didn't die till later, but yeah. Uh, so, and if anyone's confused what we're getting at, uh, basically, uh, we found out, it was revealed in an episode sometime relatively recently that Tara thought that Margot Kidder was in Raiders of the Lost Ark and I thought that the her entire life. The, the countdown for the um top films from the patrons. Yes. Or fans. Yeah the, the fans countdown. films. Yeah. And Raider was Raiders was in there and I said Margot Kidder <laughs> <laughs> And you told me that there are two different actresses and it blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well I'll have to do another one of those because that was a fun that was a fun time. You just love a good countdown. I do love a good countdown. Um, I want to do it now because we're, we're still doing the top 50 of the decade. That's still coming out at a reasonable pace. Uh, so, in fact, me and Connor just literally recorded our own top 10s of that countdown today. So, all of it's recorded. So, anyway, anyway, yes. Yeah, so, we have to talk about them getting, get, you know, bumping the nasties. Uh, <laughs> but, but, so, basically. Gross. So they're getting sort of more attracted to each other as the movie goes on. There's a there's a, there's a moment where they're in, the, in like a motel, and he's watching the TV, and there's you know like a kissing scene happening, and he goes over and tries to kiss her. She's asleep, and this is one of those moments is that it from here to eternity that comes on. I think so, yeah. And this was one of those moments where I said that like this would be almost in any other context, this would be really creepy, like him going up to kiss her when she's asleep, right? Um, <laughs> But because he's got his hat on, he can't quite get it right. Yeah, but because he's because he's completely innocent, he doesn't understand this is something that like, you know, this is where the childlike innocence kind of comes into it, where he doesn't understand what he's doing. So you never feel like it's malicious or anything like that. It's it's, it's right. purely just this kind of innocent thing that he's trying to do, and um, and you know later they have their big thing because obviously the because they get separated at one point. Uh, and this is because uh, there's a whole thing here where they, they, you know, the, the cops find them and it's these like dirty cops who want to like almost force them into a position where they're going to start shooting at them and they end up in a car chase uh, where Karen Allen gets shot the, the cop shoots mm-hmm. her with a shotgun and we've already seen him heal the deer at this point so we okay he's probably going to you know do his thing uh, I do actually love the setting this is this is one of two movies that I can think of where there's a scene set in like the like half of a house that's on a truck yeah. Do you know what the other one is? Arrested Development. <laughs> no, I, no, I was thinking of a movie. I'm not thinking of a TV show. Oh, it is an Arrested Development, though. <laughs> I, I, no, that's fair. That, that, you're quite right. But uh, no, I'm thinking of an action movie. There's a fight scene in, in a 
half truck like this, or half house on a truck like this, I'm pretty sure it's Lethal Weapon 3 or 4. <laughs> I don't know, oh, okay. I, I can't remember which one it is, but it's, it's 3 or 4. One of, one of them's got like a truck like this in it. Uh, and there's like a whole fight scene. I, I think it's... I think it's is that why you were asking me if I knew because you forgot which one? <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, let's go with that. That makes it sound like I'm not an idiot. Uh, so, yeah, so so that's what that's what they're hiding when he's like healing her. But he 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 abandons her. He leaves her. Um, and goes off. Yeah, he, he heals her and then he takes off. He drops her off at dinner in the yeah. a, in a half double wide. <laughs> yes, because uh, yeah, he goes with the cook. Who's he's hitchhiking with, and that's like you know riveting conversation uh, that he's getting out of him, uh, and she sort of is in hot pursuit. She gets like some random guy to give her a lift to chase after him in some old school car that you know this guy's clearly an enthusiast <laughs> and likes having this little hot rod. Yeah, thing. that's a pretty silly scene where she's like in the diner and she's like, "I need to go west. <laughs> I need to go west right now." And some kids just like, "I'll take you." And he's got like this crazy hot rod, <laughs> acne covered. <laughs> I mean, I guess if a beautiful woman says, "I'll jump in your car," whoever is going to go, uh, maybe that's realistic. But it seemed a bit of a bit I, of a jump. I actually think it's more innocent than that. I, I don't. I don't think he's hoping to get laid or anything. I, I I think he just really loves that car, and he's like, "Hey." I get to show someone my you car. You need a ride? <laughs> Check this ride out. He, he just wants an excuse to show someone his car. He's like, yes, I get to use it. I get to push, you know, pedal to the metal today, you know? Uh, <laughs> I guess so. He does a lot for her, though. He does. He actually agrees to causing a distraction for the cops by, like, throwing, like, a kerosene tank into the desert. Yeah, it's like the <laughs> ultimate Molotov cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> and then drives off, and the, the cops chase him. I'm like, man, he really did a lot for her. He's, he's going to spend a night in jail, probably, for that, at least. Yeah. Uh, so you know that's what it is but you know, she catches up with them and they grabs her and they end up uh, like hitchhiking for a bit uh, and this is where he finds out that she can't have babies they wanted to have kids but she she can't um, and then they get in a train and I actually really like this plot beat they, they sort of like jump on like, a train the old freight train kind of like movie cliche of like mm-hmm. jumping on the train for like, the free travel and like they actually overshoot uh, Arizona and end up in Vegas and they're like shit mm-hmm. I actually really like that because like, it's not like they went to a train station and got like a timetable like no they jumped on a random train I like that they didn't end up exactly where yeah, they were yeah that go. was going in the general direction <laughs> yeah it was going west sure but like <laughs> not a maybe if they plan. were bumping uglies they would have paid attention <laughs> yeah well that hadn't happened yet that happened after Vegas right nope was that no, on the train? It happens, it happens in the train. Oh, you're right. It happens on the train. You're right. Yeah, because they're having a, a romantic... Because well, she, she's like, oh, you get all those wet clothes, you get hypothermia. And then... Yeah, because... and he's like, let me take your clothes off, too. <laughs> yeah, and then she just sort of stares at him. And then they go for a kiss. And Joe... Joe is so weird, but that's, he's, he's kind of like... Even though he's an intelligent being, arguably much more intelligent than like human beings are anyway, so it's not quite like she's, she's having sex with a newborn. But at the same time, the way his old face at the end of the sex scene is so like it's it's kind of like when he ate the pie for the first time it's like this mm-hmm. oh <laughs> oh it's a little like tom hanks and big weird yeah yeah it's kind of like that it's a little bit like that where it's like oh what's this 
Because you kind of get the impression that up until this point he's been having feelings for her, but he doesn't really quite know how to process them or understand what his body's doing. Like, I, yeah. See, see if this. See it's if, a little like uh, under the skin, where it's just it's it's an alien who's just like, well, I, I don't know. I, this body is like making me feel things, so yeah, I'm just gonna I, go with it. I, I was not expecting yeah. a, a legit comparison between this and under the skin, but I suppose there are some parallels, even though the the tone and the. <laughs> it's very different very different yes very different i think there are i think there's a little starman influence in under the skin i'll accept that i'll no, accept audience that. you decide <laughs> but no i see if this movie was made today right i guarantee you that the hack director that would be making it today would have a scene where he gets a boner you know there'd be a scene where he just turns around and she sort of notices his, his tent pulling it we almost saw some peen it was really really close yeah, Tara had the graph when out. He was naked outside. She had the graph out. She was keeping track and like, oh, only it's like, oh, if oh, it was just a little lower, just fifteen more. You deg- could see like the little the muscle that goes over the pelvic bone. It was really close. Yeah, just, I had to get my Excel spreadsheet open and then. Yeah, it's just we didn't see anything, so yes. I didn't say anything. T- Tara calculated only fifteen more degrees <laughs> of a turn until penis. Only fifteen more degrees. Just didn't quite make it. <laughs> Yeah, so close. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so the sex is a little bit weird. But, I mean, at the same time, you get why she's enthralled with him because she's kind of taking care of him and she also it's also her yeah. dead husband. And then from his perspective, he's just, like, enamored with her and he feels all these things that he's never felt before. And, you know... He says early on that he feels whatever his body feels and he says it with a bit of a pause and you go, oh... They're gonna do it <laughs> sometime <laughs> later in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and like right he after. Feels hunger. You know in fact, that. This this next little bit reminded me a species of all things, also an alien style movie. All these movies that yeah we're which, being reminded of. Which but and all of them came later, which is notable. They all came later, uh, but uh, when he said right away, oh, I just gave you a baby. That if you remember in Species, after she finally mm. has sex, she immediately says, "Oh, I'm pregnant," and he's like, oh, God, you, "You don't know that yet." <laughs> so, <laughs> so early to make that call, um, but it was kind of the same thing. Um, and it, I guess it kind of makes sense because when he healed her from the gunshot, I guess you could argue he also healed everything. Like whatever you know, biologically was not letting her conceive, he also fixed yeah. that. Um, I actually, yeah, that thought did cross my mind when I was watching it. Yeah, so. He's like, yeah, you got a baby, but if you don't want the baby, I mean, I can, <laughs> I can take care of it right now. Uh, yeah, all the pro-life people are protesting outside the train. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, of course, she, of course, she wants the the baby, um, and it becomes, you know, they get to that diner, and you know, he he said to her that you know, that, like he can't stay; it's not possible. She can't go with him because she would die where he's going. She wouldn't be able to live there. So she's very upset because she's never going to see him again. And we get like a sort of car chase on the way to the crater. All the cops are in pursuit. The helicopters show up. Um, and they're climbing out the crater. And eventually you know, the movie ends with a big ship sort of comes overhead. Looks like a moon. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's basically just a big version of the ball. Mm-hmm. It's one of those little balls, but just huge. But it's got like a ring around it as well. And the sort of this beam of light comes down and the music plays and he's like telling me again how to see because that was the other thing at one point you know she's she's mad at him for running off without her and says you didn't even say goodbye and he's like what is goodbye and she has to explain so it's when you show that you, you, you care and that you're going to miss them and that they're important to you so he says 
explain to me again how to say goodbye and you know i, I think i think the piece i think it's well written i, I think all the, the the actual the way the character says things uh, mm-hmm. all of it makes sense to me and all of it really i think works and pays off and I love that the final shot is just her looking up into the sky as he's leaving. It doesn't do anything after. Because it'd be so easy to have like a scene where the bad guy comes down and like says, ah, oh, you let him get away, blah, 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 and have her. Because we already had kind of the bad guy well, gets... That, that does happen, but it happens with the steady guy. Yeah, where he... The steady of... guy gets to the diner where the police have surrounded them before our our big baddie who wants yeah, to which, autopsy him. Which was, the, which was the beautiful scene, and he makes the choice to let them go. Uh yeah, and yeah. yeah, he tells the cops these aren't the people we're looking for, and lets them go, and starts smoking a cigar. And she, there is actually a comedy beat that really worked for me here, where she goes up and gives him a kiss and thanks him, and then <laughs> Starman follows and gives him a kiss and thanks him too. Yeah, <laughs> and the cop in the background is just like, hmm? <laughs> I, I did, I, I did think. Do you think it was weird she kissed him on the lips though? I get this for the joke, so that he'll do it. Because it wouldn't be as weird if he kissed him on the cheek, right? It wouldn't be as funny. For the joke no. to be funny, it has to be on the lips. But, like, it felt they, a bit... They all played straight. Yeah, it, just, it felt weird I to me. Like, no, courtesy kisses are a thing. <laughs> on the lips, though? Uh, maybe it's just something I've not seen that much of. The lips was a bit more personal to me. Like, Oh, very much, yeah. yeah. Well, she's very grateful. Uh, uh, well, Starman's <laughs> leaving. Maybe he's single. Maybe, maybe she can go and chat up Scientist Man. She's a yeah. She, she's a daddy now. I'm sure he'd be down for that. Yeah, he he probably think it's a, a great... little lonely in his place earlier. Plus, I bet he would love to raise an alien baby. He would be excited yeah. by it. He'd be all into it. And he's going to grow up to be a teacher. Too bad yeah. the pay's going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna grow up to make twenty five thousand dollars a year <laughs> <laughs> oh dear um i'm not laughing at teachers for the record i'm i'm, I'm laughing at the, the the sad satire of what we're saying not the actual yeah. circumstance <laughs> teachers, teachers teachers deserve more deserve than that more. yeah right anyway uh so yeah so that's basically the movie you know there's all these all these like fish out of water beats throughout that we've kind of you know we've skipped some of them because they're you know they're, they're smaller uh, I do want to mention at the end of the car chase with the cops when uh, she gets shot there's a big cinematic moment where he drives the car into like a tanker and it explodes but he gets one of his balls ready that's such a weird sentence uh, <laughs> he gets one of his balls ready and he has this big epic moment where he walks out of the fire carrying her it's, it's do you know what it's almost a little bit moment. it's a little bit like uh terminator 2 when the t-1000 yeah. walks out of the, the flames yeah. uh so even a james cameron special effects blue lining around him mm-hmm. yeah a little bit it doesn't look as good admittedly but i mean it's a nice shot you know him holding her the main theme you know kicks into high gear for the first time uh it's a really cool moment and uh yeah it's really neat. I agree uh i think the movie works really well i mean it's not the best movie ever and i, I obviously it's not at the top of my carpenter no, list i mean yeah it's it's not the best but it's certainly not a bad film but, and it's it's entertaining for the most part and i feel there's a lot of movies we've done have kind of landed on a five or a six there's a lot of middling films i think this is much better than that i think this is a film that i think works works well i like the characters i like the story i actually find myself getting caught up in the heartfelt side of it mm-hmm. and kind of and maybe it is a little bit that superman love i mentioned superman earlier but you know, the way he kind of learns to love humanity a little bit through her maybe makes me think a little bit of the Kents making Clark love humanity and 
you know mm-hmm. obviously doesn't stick around and be a hero but maybe his child will maybe his child will inspire and do good things and, maybe and so he on. seems to be hopeful for humanity for what he's seen even though they tried to murder him and autopsy mm-hmm. him yeah well that's the conflict of humanity there's a lot of shit in it but there's mm-hmm. hope there too he there's... fell for it he fell for the earth tinder profile <laughs> earth like holding a fish and yeah how, how, how... I mean, the, cyn- marathon. the cynical view of this movie is that he ate our junk food and got laid and went you know what these humans have actually got a few good things going on maybe maybe they're not all a lost cause <laughs> yep yep if we could all have pie and cream and sex maybe maybe we'd be happier species or, or probably ruin them maybe this will ruin maybe he'll come back with this idea of like hey maybe we should try like putting our yeah, dirty bits to each other yeah we should process our food <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all of a sudden all of his aliens are too obese to travel <laughs> but yeah i no i have a lot of fun with star man I, I remembered liking it and i think watching it again like everything i liked about it still anyway it's got it's got some of that 80s cheese a little bit of that 80s charm that i like uh yeah but the heart's there and i think the script is good i think yeah i, I think it mostly works uh so i guess i'm here to ask you tara what you would rate Starman out of 10. Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's, um, I, I'm not as into it as you are, I think, but I'm still going to rate it, you know, pretty high because I, I do think it's a good movie and it's a interesting stranger in a strange land story. Um, it is a little familiar in some of its beats with E.T. I can't help but notice. Um, Alien on Earth trying to get home has a special connection with somebody. It wouldn't surprise uh, me if the pitch for this was it's E.T. but it's a romance. Rather before, than, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, some good messages in there. Uh, I, I would have been I would be curious to see if this was what, what Kevin Bacon would have looked like in the film. Sure. Um, just because I, I it's not that I don't like Jeff Bridges, of course I do. Although lately he's been Rooster Cogburn for the last like 15 years and I don't want him to do that anymore. But that's just who he plays now. In, in any case, I, uh, I, I, I do still think it's good. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it a seven. I think it's worth watching. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I'm going to go a little bit higher, I think. I'm going to go with the 8. I'm going to stretch it to the 8. Um, I think there's enough heartfelt, like, sort of hope in this movie that really appeals to me. It's kind of a... Mm. There's a lack of cynicism that is, like, sorely missed now. It's kind of, you know, I brought up Superman. It's kind of the reason why we can't have a good Superman movie now is because the, Hollywood just doesn't know how to do this anymore. For some reason, everything has to have a great edge to it. Um, I, it's funny, talking about Under the Skin, I actually think it makes an interesting companion piece to that movie because this is the hopeful, sort of cheesy one and then under the skin's this depressing, <laughs> cynical, like morbid one, and like I think there's a nice yeah, that's true. There. Maybe watch Under the Skin first, then this one second, so you're not ending on depression. But <laughs> hey, we both got Under the Skin in the in the Starman review. We did, yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, so, but yeah, there you go. That's Starman. Starman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll tell you what's coming next time. We are going to be doing the 1950s original version of 
The Blob. Dun, dun, dun. I know, that's fun. Wow. Yeah. We've got the next few planned out. Uh, we've got some stuff coming that's really cool. Uh, some stuff that I've not seen as well. I've seen The Blob, but there's some other stuff coming after that. Uh, mm-hmm. which, I've seen The Blob also. Which is really cool. So uh, we are going to knock out The Blob next, and we'll get to some other stuff soon. Um, so, yes, uh, of course, let us know what you think of Starman in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at the Ace Podcast. You can, of mm-hmm. course, support us by rating the podcast on Apple Podcast. Give us five stars and a review. It helps us out a lot if you do that because more people find us that way, as does commenting and liking on YouTube and all that stuff. Uh, Tara, uh, we mentioned it earlier, but just remind everyone once again uh, how they can support us on Patreon. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash TV and donating as little as a dollar per month will get you a bunch of bonus features, including some, I don't want to say outtakes, but some things that don't make the cut. Yeah. For example, there might be a one-minute clip from this episode of Tara solving a Rubik's Cube. Uh... Will I do it? <laughs> um uh well i don't know that's short enough that i might just sort of play that like with no sound kind of underneath us at the end of this one just as a little fun just you and speed it up i'll speed it up to like three times speed so you're just sort of like going so i look like yeah so i look really good doing it yeah <laughs> but uh i hadn't done it in a long time so i was surprised yeah so yeah uh, also would you like to promote any other show that we we do well, I know when this is coming out, so you can check out our countdown videos for the um, best of the decade. Um, mm. All of us made, all of us, has made our list of the top fifty films, and uh, it's an epic ten-part miniseries from yeah. Malfa's TV. So check it out. Yep, uh, time of time of recording. Uh, the six parts up. Seven should be out soon. Uh, mm. So look forward to that. Uh, but yeah, uh, that is us. That has been the Atomic Cinema Experience experiment we are getting close to the one year anniversary of this show actually we're we're getting there and we do have a couple of special things planned uh for april which is our anniversary month and we're going to have some fun stuff there uh lots of extra episodes uh there'll be a countdown episode uh of time travel movies because we've been kind of like working through a lot of them this past year to sort of you know make sure we know a lot of them make sure we've seen a bunch of them so we can really uh, do, do make it we informed. are now experts at time travel yes Oops. look forward to that uh, but that is the Atomic Cinema Experiment yeah, Atomic Cinema Experiment if I can say the name of the show god damn it uh, but that is us so thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching sci-fi guys and computer at salsa oh. <laughs> that was bad that was a bad one <laughs> uh, uh, uh.